Welcome to the If You Lead Them podcast, the show that is dedicated to helping you grow as a leader in both business and your personal life. Here is your host, Katie Barnett. Welcome listeners to another episode of If You Lead Them, where we dive deep into the stories and strategies of individuals shaping the landscape of business, innovation, and leadership. I'm your host, Katie Barnett, and today we have a remarkable guest who embodies the essence of building sustainable businesses and leadership practices through authentic connection. Joining us is Afia Botang, a seasoned professional, CEO many times over, who firmly believes that the foundation of a sustainable business lies in genuine relationships, which is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. In the ever-evolving virtual climate we navigate today, Afia has mastered the art of delivering results by simplifying the way we communicate and connect online. Her expertise extends beyond mere transactions, focusing on cultivating true, meaningful connections in the digital realm and otherwise. Today's conversation is so special to me because it's not, it's not just about what we put into people as leaders the actions of what we do, but rather how as a leader, you have to look inward in order to be truly effective. And the way that she breaks this down and shares this, I have no doubt is going to leave an impression on you. Throughout Afia's impressive career, she has left an amazing mark Working with and coaching hundreds of leaders, she's been instrumental in helping them not only increase revenues, but also in developing their teams and achieving record-breaking successes within their leadership and their companies. What sets Afia apart is her people-first approach, which you will hear a lot about today. It's a signature style that's proven to be the driving force behind the remarkable results she achieves. Today, she's going to be sharing her experience, her insights, and her practices in helping leaders be great. So buckle up. This is going to be an insightful conversation. You might have to listen to it again and take some notes. We are going to unravel the deep secret that comes along with being an amazing leader in all areas of life. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Afia, you are here with me. I have looked forward to this for so, so long. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you being on the show. Um, You getting to speak to leadership is a treat for anybody. And honestly, I mean, you know how I feel about you. I learn from every post. I learn from anything that you do. I'm about to travel to Canada just to follow you around. (laughs) It's my pleasure, Katie. And I honestly, I can't believe it's taken us this long. I I feel like we have our own mini podcast sessions every few months. 
So um, hopefully we won't mess this one up because we've, we've had a lot of practice. We just haven't recorded anything. I know that is so true. I mean, maybe that's, you know, we can just add that to our list of things that we have planned for ourselves as the podcast. (laughs) I'll just ask silly questions and then you drop the knowledge bombs. I mean, that is, I think, um, one of the things that you really do just so well at. It's not just speaking truths, but they're just so connected. You have so much intuition. I don't know of a single time where I haven't just been I don't know, just totally impacted by what you've shared with me. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I love the directions that you have taken your business. I know that you just finished a big tour of Canada. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Well, thank you, Katie. And, And honestly, it's I would say it's businesses because I have I definitely have been coast to coast this year. I, with two streams of businesses or two lines of businesses that I run, one being a recruiting or an executive search firm. Some people would refer to that as headhunting. And so that was a business I, I started with a couple of partners a few years ago. It'll be actually, it'll be three years at the beginning of next year. And so I, it's funny how sometimes you, you really want to focus on, let's say, just one aspect of yourself. And, and that, that recruiting space was new to me. Yet we had a client who had a need for leadership development training for their sales force across the country. And I can tell you, Katie, at the beginning, I said, no, (laughs) I said, no, I'm trying to be a recruiter over here. So you need to go somewhere else for that training. In the end, I was finally dragged on that project. And I'm glad I I finally did accept because it it was very much just as much eye opening as it was enlightening for the participants. And then, of course, there's my speaking business that um, it's something that has been honestly on my heart. And, and I, it's odd to say on my heart because I've been speaking for a very long time, whether professionally or casually. Growing up, I did a lot of extracurricular activities that required speaking. So I was one of those debating club nerds, model UN, model parliament. I did all of those types of things, speech competitions, because I, I really felt that a lot of the times People hear things, we feel things, we have an inkling of maybe some sort of an understanding. And it's often when somebody verbalizes our experience where we have deep moments of connection, recognition, and validation. And um, you know, some of the people that do this best, I find, are musicians and artists, especially those who who do so through spoken word or song, where people can relate to what they produce because they have verbalized your internal experience. And so this is something that I've continually, I would say, not just honed and developed and continue to master because it is, for me, it is such a deep connection to humanity that I I absolutely adore and and, uh, I, I want to continue to be able to to deliver that and and not only heal myself, but support others in their healing and growth to doing the same. I cannot agree more. I know that um, I speak to that a lot just on social media. You know, a lot of times people will say, people that I don't know, the random, you know, comp- yeah. angry commenters 
will think that I'm complaining about something when really it's just, and that's like such a small piece of it, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm just talking about the difficulties in this area. And I know that at times in my life, whether it be in leadership or parenthood or just like whatever, financials, um, having somebody's just like you said, speak. And sometimes it's like, obviously so much deeper and you're like, wow, I really wish I could have thought it like that, (laughs) but give you that validation and that feeling that you're not crazy. Um, or just the comfort of having like the beautiful words spoken to that. And so I love that. And I totally agree. Um, I know that it's like so- an art form. Excuse me to interrupt, Katie, no, but it's like an yeah. art form where you know we could all go to a museum and look at a painting and without any prompting, because that's one of the that's one of the drawbacks of you know doing a museum tour where you have a guy telling you what you're looking at. When people do it self, you know, in their with their own initiative and they look at that piece of art on their own, you will hear a different story from everyone walking away from that. And, and, and just in that same sense, I believe words can do the same thing, where unless you're going to call out specifics when you speak to the experience, and you mentioned when you speak to the, the struggles and, and uh, the joys and different situations in general, everyone will walk away from that with their level of understanding, with their level of experience, and their level of relatability. And for me, once, once those words are out, they are no longer mine. They are no longer mine. I, I fully, I fully accept that, and I fully accept the fact that there will always be people who think that I'm always talking about them. And I'm like, people, <laughs> I mean, do you see how many selfies I post? I'm not talking about you, but it's okay because you—that's where you are right now, and and you feel that that message was for you, and that is okay. I will allow that to land wherever it lands. Yeah, that is so. That's so interesting and so true, and. And another piece of like, like you say, like the seeing a piece of art is that sometimes somebody else's perspective just can just blow your mind and open up so much more. And I have no doubt that you are doing that all the time in your leadership trainings and your keynote speaking and just everything that you do. I mean, you do it for me all the time, too. It's just your writing. I'm like, this was a perspective that I needed. I needed to be able to think this way. And I think it's just beautiful. And yeah, you should have as many businesses as you possibly can because you don't belong in one sphere. You know, like I just, you're blessing people so much. Um, So I, I'm curious. I know that so much of what you do speak to is that human connection mm-hmm. and leadership. Yes. And I I would love for you to just speak to that a little bit, especially with regard to what you do in your leadership trainings. How do you foster that? What kind of questions do you ask? What does that kind of look like for you? Right. It's a good question, Katie. And, and I believe that it is, it's somewhat unfortunate today that we, we either hear the definition of leadership or somehow are led to believe that leadership should be defined in a certain way. And for me, the the one thing that I truly believe in my core is that leadership is a skill and not a personality. I believe that we are in a society, we've been, and, and when I talk about society, a culture, specifically those who live 
in Canada and the U.S. I'm, I'm speaking specifically to this culture because this is what I know, that we have this tendency to assume that leadership is either a title or a personality trait. And therefore, it is something that is given and bestowed upon people or that you are born with. And then those are the, the privileged few have the opportunity to be in that position. And what I've come to truly believe is that there is a, a strong skill and competence component to leadership and that it's actually a choice. It's a choice like a lot of other things that we can take on. You know, it can be a choice like being in a long-term committed relationship, being a parent, embarking on a career, deciding to live in a certain part of the world. At some point, I believe that we all have the choice to embark upon that leadership journey or not. And so when I walk into, let's say, a training room or, or even one-on-one -on -one with a group of people, I want to know who the person is first. Because if I walk in there with a list of this is now how you are to be because you are a leader now, I know that it's going to create very much a dysfunctional leadership style. It's going to create somebody who is inauthentic in their leadership. It's going to create somebody who is constantly either masking or conforming or, or manipulating somehow to get a result to give a certain posture when it's simply a question of adding a skill to who you already are. And that when it comes to leadership, it's not an exclusive title where there can only be one. That, that this is the other thing. We somehow believe that you know, a leader is one, right? We can have multiple leaders in any group, culture, organization at different levels who influence different aspects. And I think the reason why that's necessary is once again, because it is a skill and not necessarily a one spot uh, position. And so different people will be influenced in different ways, have different perspectives by, by others. And so when I, you know, to your question, what, what's, what are some of the types of questions I asked? I'm always asking who people are. Who are you? What do you believe? What are your values? What how, are often, your how often do they actually know the answer to that? Very rarely. Very rarely. And, and once again, like I said, I think it's, it's unfortunate because it's something that we, nobody takes the time to ask. And even when we are asked this question, we are always giving preformed answers based on what is, what we believe the other person is expecting of us. So we're going to talk about what our position or job title is. Who are you? Okay. I happen to be a manager. Okay. Or I happen to be a parent or I happen to be a friend or an entrepreneur. And then beyond the, beyond that, because we put, a, we put a lot of value on that in our society. I don't know if you've noticed that, Katie, you know, when, when, when I, when I meet new people and, and I start to ask questions about them, people are very quick to tell me what they do in life. When I ask a question, who are you? They respond with what? And when you finally push people to really start to think and dig up deep into who they are as a person, regardless of their circumstances in life, yes, a lot of people are at a loss. And a lot of people also discover that their, their, their idea of who they are is simply 
a reflection of someone else's definition. And, and that's where the work begins. And I, and I think that's a difference between, um, uh, I would say, maybe a rookie or a new leader and someone who is so solid in their leadership. You see it. You feel it. And you don't have this, you don't have this desire to imitate them because you know they are so true and authentic in themselves that you could never be them. Yet they somehow inspire you to be the best you because you want to be you just as much as they are them. It's so, I love that so much. And it's so funny because again, like we spoke of earlier, as you're saying that, like that was exactly what was popping into my head. And, and it's so true and it's so absolutely beautiful because that should be what everybody's striving for in life, really, you know? But you're right. It, those questions aren't asked. I know that so often when I sit down to business, you know, figure out a business strategy and strategize with someone and I start in the same place and like, what's your, what do you want? You know, and, it, and again, it'll be, I want more time with my kids. I want, and, and it's just that prefab yes. because God forbid they want something for themselves. <laughs> right. Right. Or something that people don't place value on or that other people consider frivolous or selfish, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, practically speaking, Katie, one of the, one of the exercises, and I did this all across the country this year and it worked so well that I did. And, and keeping in mind the context here is I was working with sales teams uh, in, in retail. OK, so major uh, retail chain here in Canada working with their sales teams at multiple different, at different levels. And one of the exercises that I gave was a values checklist. So it was simply, we had a list of, oh my gosh, I think it must be 40 or 50 values that people can have. And when you initially read through these lists, things like honesty, family, risk, um, fidelity, loyalty, uh, truthfulness, friendship, okay? The list goes on and on and on. When you read these things initially, I would say most of the population would look at 90% or more of those items and think these are all great things to have. These are all great things to embody. Yes, respect. Yes, all of we, we all agree that those are all wonderful things. It's when you push people to choose their top five. And it... It, it's a challenge. Even for me to this day, there's sometimes I wonder, is, is this really this number four? Is that really better than number five for me? Or what about my number 12? Should that be further up the list? But when you challenge people to pick their top five and they're sitting in a room with people that they believe, see, they believe you have the same values because you work for an organization that tells you what your values are. You believe that you have the same values because you have the same job. You believe that you have the same values because you look alike. Until we do that exercise and then they realize, oh my goodness, this person sitting next to me does not have the same value system personally as I do. It does not mean that we cannot work together. It does not mean that we cannot be friends, but understand that the way in which they perceive life, the way in which they go about life, the decisions they make are driven way more by their values then their personality, their circumstances, their job title, all of those things. 
And so it's a very practical activity. And I encourage people, I, I'm sure you can probably find a list like that. If you just download a list of values and, and challenge yourself, what are my top five? It gives you really, I would say, an initial look into who you are as a person. And, and then when you look at that and think, okay, if I say, for example, that I value family, what do I do to back that up? And, and this is where people then start to understand some of the misalignment, some of the challenges, the struggle, the anxiety, the depression, the imposter syndrome that they all are living today. Because deep down, you know what your values are. You know what at your core is important and what drives you. And yet you've been acting against that for so long because you need to make money because you need to look like a good mom, because your boss expects you to be a certain way, because your friends, heaven forbid, that you would have a different priority than that group has and therefore be excluded from that group. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Yes. And I know that there are values assessments out there as well, but I I. It's so funny because, again, I recently, well, I would say like in the last two years, what did this exact thing? And it is really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's I don't even know how many different value options there are. There's like, I don't know, maybe 60, 100. Yes. And you're looking at these things and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to value all of this. But That's I think it. what popped into my head, because for some listening, they might say, oh, if somebody else has a different value system, like they're maybe wrong. Mm -hmm. However, I think like communication, the value, like if you value communication and somebody else really doesn't, that doesn't mean that they're a bad person necessarily. They communicate in different ways and it's going to make it hard. I think that probably people who are married might realize that there might be a different level of value on communication with a partner or with a friend. And, and so I just, it, it really is fascinating. I have one friend who got me into this and she knows exactly what her core values are. And that helps me be a better friend. And it drives me to know exactly, she knows who she is. So I love that. I mean, yes, that is exactly the place to start. And so what I, there's like, we have like a very faux pas conversation that's hopefully we get to at least at the end here. But I'm curious, what do you see happen in these leaders as you're going through something like this? Well, I, I think one of the things, like I said, it's the, it's that realization that, okay, I, I thought everyone was like me because of the situation or physical environment, if you will. However, that is not the case. That's one is that sense of awareness. The other, some of them immediately also jump to an understanding of past events. So, 
oh, this is why we always have trouble in this area. This is why this person and I are always butting heads. This is why I never understood why they behaved that way. So sometimes that, that also jumps in. And then the next step, though, typically is what happens as we start to dig deeper is then they also start to question themselves. Is, is this really what I value? Because I say that, right? Like, for example, I say I value family because I'm a mom and heaven forbid a mother not value family, <laughs> right? But is that really part of my core values? And, and if it's not, then who am I? And, and, and coming to terms with the understanding or the awareness now that there are parts of you maybe that you have been denying or that there are parts of you that you have been dishonest about publicly, because that's also, that's also hard to, to accept, especially if you think honesty is one of your values. <laughs> I'm a truthful person. I don't lie except to myself. <laughs> Except so, for all my per perfect, pretty pictures online. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So we, we, it, it, there, there, there's definitely, there's, I, I'm telling you, people's worlds tend to blow up a bit when, when, when this happens and they haven't done that work prior. And, and it's a process, you know, I, I would never lie to someone and say, yeah, you know, I went to this training or I gave this training and then tomorrow everybody's fine and we're all good. I know my values now. I'm solid. I know who I am. It took me years to get to the point, and I'm still not there, but I, it took me years to get to the point at least where I could make solid decisions based on my values. And this and this is where, this is the part where I, I, I just wish people would understand how freeing it is. Because we live in a, in a society today where we have so much uh, attention, I would say things vying for our attention. We have, I believe we're at an all-time high of recognizing that we have not just children, but adults with, with diagnosed disorders related to attention and in a time where there is more to distract us than ever before. And so it is so freeing when based on you know who you are and what your values are, to be able to make decisions that you know short-term and long-term are always going to be in alignment with you and therefore they will be the right things for you. Otherwise, I honestly, I don't know how people make decisions without anxiety and stress and, and, and kind of going to a tailspin of what to do next or being frozen. I don't know how they do it. And, and as much as sometimes those decisions take courage to make because there's there's also the difference between knowing what to do and and having the courage to do it yet when you do get over that initial fear of having to walk through that door what people realize is it's all it's all for me it is all happening for me because I'm I am constantly choosing what is for me and it and it makes decision making easy I'll, I'll actually use that word. I rarely use the word easy. It makes decision-making easy. Action is another thing, but the, the actual decision becomes easy. It makes it very simple. It's not torturous. And it, 
it it what it's a cycle that what it does is it continues to validate who you are as truth. So if I say I am this and I act like that person, then who I say I am must be true. It's a self-feeding cycle. So you gain more confidence, you gain more stability, you gain strength, you grow and doubt and fear become minimalized in that type of environment. Whereas if you're constantly going through life, challenging and going against who you are, you will never have evidence of what your value system is. You will always feel like an imposter because you are an imposter. If you're constantly saying truth and integrity are my values and you never act like it, even if no one else knows what's going on, you inside will be torn and it's painful. And so it's, yeah, it, I'm telling you, for, for those who I, I know you are afraid of the work and you're afraid of what, what that means, meaning now that means I might have to act and do something that I know that I'm not doing or that I don't want to do, that I'm afraid to do. I can tell you right now, you are holding yourself prisoner. Freeing. It is absolutely freeing. I, so first of all, you answered every question that I wrote down to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, check, check. Um, seriously, everyone, but it's just so interesting. Um, for example, so I am diagnosed ADHD. Once I got that diagnosis and was able to learn about it, you know, so if we're comparing this kind of to learning your values, I now understand why I do things, how to fix those things. And not just that, but my husband is like, oh, that's why you start (laughs) emptying the dishwasher and then wind up with a pile of like cutting a tree down in the backyard. And and he's now learned how to like help me stay on task if it's and so it's like and it's not that i need it but like yeah i will start 17 different projects and they'll all get finished and they'll be amazing but so in the same way learning who you are what your values are it can be scary but that is everything in a personal growth journey and and leadership really isn't it Absolutely. Absolutely. And and what it does, Katie, I love how you said that, because what it does for the people around you and, and, you know, in the context of leadership is that somebody who is so, um, so anchored in who they are does not need anybody else for them to be complete. And therefore, when they lead, they're leading people with the intent of bringing them to their completion. Who does not want to be with or follow a leader like that? Someone who's not there to manipulate you for their intent or their gain or their end goals, but someone who's there to bring you to the absolute maximum potential fruition of who you are and who your goals are, what what they are. And you can see it. You can see it because then you've got a leader who listens to people because they've realized it's not about me. This leadership project is not about me because I am myself, I'm already whole, right? I'm here to bring people to a certain, on a certain journey, to a certain stage, uh, for a certain objective. So they're there to listen. 
They're there to understand. They're there to see patterns and make connections. They're there to look at a person in their environment, in their circumstances, and try to decipher what the best next steps are and how do I come and support this person and what can I learn from this person so that we can we can be better together it 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 it's honestly it's night and day and i and i find that a lot of the times you you'll see people do this who have no idea that they're doing this but what it comes down to when i dig deeper is that you find that those who are true to their values who know who they are at their core are the ones that do this quote unquote naturally Right. And that's why we think it's a personality or that it, they were just born this way. No, they, they, they've done some work on themselves before they were able to get to this point where they have this ability, ability, it's a skill to lead other people. That is that's such a fascinating point. Also, what's going through my head right now is, well, I mean, this basically we don't need to do any more of these podcasts like you've just broken down all of the important pieces. And there it is there like one one time. <laughs> Seriously, though, I, I mean, that is such a huge concept that is so important because you do like you can see. You feel when somebody is in this yes. place. Yes, yes. And then, yes. you know, maybe it's just somebody that you, you don't get to know on a firsthand basis. You can be inspired mm -hmm. by it, right? Or you can sit there and yes. compare yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that does happen a lot in our society right now. My son was talking about somebody that he that made him mad because he was so good at baseball the other day. And I was like, that's not how we're going to go about this, right? Like, that's right. He he should make you want to yes. be better. So I just I I love that because I do believe it. I think that if you look at others and feel that this is just a natural trait, would you say that is that you cannot attain, that you cannot be? Would you say that that's probably the first sign that it's time for you to get to work? Absolutely. And, 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 okay. I mean, for those who don't know me, Katie, I, I will preface this by saying I can be blunt. I can be direct just as much as I can be caring, but this is one of those moments where I'm going to be blunt and you can call it tough love, or you can call it the B word. Cause I don't know what words we're allowed to use on this. It's okay. I'll, I'll be fine. But if, if that is where you are, I'm sorry, that is a cop out. You're being a coward because you're giving yourself an excuse not to be better. Natural is a word people automatically put in front of anything that they don't want to work toward. And, and I'm not saying that people don't have natural abilities. You know, will I ever, you know, be an athletics, you know, a, an Olympic swimmer or, um, or, or sprinter? Or am I going to be, am I going to be the next uh, person who discovers a crazy physics theorem? No, it does not mean I cannot get closer to that and become better than where I am today. Can I run better and faster than I am, than I'm doing today? Absolutely. Can I be more knowledgeable in physics than I am today? Absolutely. Right? Can I sing better than I sing today? Absolutely. They are all skills. Do people have natural abilities? 
Absolutely. Will there people will there be people who will always outshine you in some of these areas? Yes. But do not use that as an excuse for you to stay where you are. So the kind of place that we we had talked about going where and I think it fits in really well here. It's a little bit controversial. But do you find that some people simply aren't built for leadership? You know, is it is it something that they can work towards? So are we saying that, yeah, you can be a leader, but you're not there yet? So my stand today is absolutely, and, and I've said this to you and I've said this to other people, and sometimes it's met with, you know, absolute, <gasps> how dare you? Not everyone is meant to be a leader. I know this is what probably is the common phrase and and refrain out there, just like everybody gets a trophy. I don't believe that. I I believe that there are people who, yes, have certain natural tendencies to draw them towards leadership. I believe that there are people who work very hard to have the skills and capacity and the, the knowledge to lead people in a certain way. At the same time, I don't believe that we should all be leaders and that we all have to be leaders and that everyone is meant for that. That also means, when I say that, that also means I think we over edify leadership sometimes, right? That somehow the leader is the most important person and therefore this is a person that we need to to put on a pedestal and worship and pay more and give more attention to and that has more credibility than everyone else. I don't believe that either. And so if if I look at it as one of many roles we have in our society, just as we have firefighters and line cooks and production workers and plumbers and teachers, leadership is another role in our society. Is, is it for everyone? I don't believe so. Can anyone embody some characteristics of leadership and learn how to be a better leader? Absolutely. And all the great leaders who so, are listening are saying, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not number one, right? It's not all about me. That's it. I am. Um, and I think that, again, in the same vein, there are people who they have done the work and they can say, I love being told what to do. I, you know, they might not be a strategist, but they will work their butts off in these other areas. And are they a leader in their own right? In the ways that we talked about that are communicative and understanding their values and helping inspiring others to want to find themselves? Absolutely. Do they hold some title? Maybe not. And I, I honestly, I admire the courage of, there's some people who've told me that along the way uh, in my career who have said, yeah, you know, I tried it. I tried out this leadership gig, whether it meant a title or position or what have you, but it wasn't for me. And I, and I applaud them for having the maturity to recognize that. And at the same time, trying it out, right? It's like, it's like you know, that, that old expression, don't knock it till you try it. You've tried it. You absolutely have my full blessing and, 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 credibility to be able to say, yeah, this is not for me. And and maybe it's not for you at this time, or maybe it's not for you in that aspect of your life. Because once again, if we're not treating this as some sort of a title that's bestowed upon you and, and it's a skill that you can learn, 
Can you be an excellent leader in your household or in your community group or in your sports club, but not an excellent leader in your job programming at work? It's very possible, right? It's very possible that you can take leadership in certain aspects of your life, where in other aspects of your life, it is not at all attractive to you. And it's like, again, you may also be able to lead better in certain environments, right, than others. I, I yes. received a text this morning from someone and she had written herself off as a leader, but in a new environment, she now is able to flourish because she has mentorship. And she attributed that to me. And I was like, no, dude, I've got the same kind of people here helping me and they them. And and so I, I just yes. I thought that was so incredible that, again, she had written off her leadership abilities, but it was the environment. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That, that is, you, you talk about being over with this podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. That, that is one of the things, if there's one thing that I can say that I am very aware of my blessing and in some respects privilege for this is the fact that I saw early enough in my life, examples of good leadership that when I saw the opposite, I knew how to recognize it right away. And I didn't waste too much time trying to emulate that or, or assuming that that's the way things were to be. And unfortunately, I've met so many people along the way whom they've only had poor leadership examples or toxic leadership examples. And so they, feel, they believe that that's what leaders are meant to do and meant to be. And they try to do the same things with probably the same results. Sometimes they're successful at it. And other people, like you mentioned, are turned off by it because it's not who they are. And so, you know, I, it's one of the things I always tell people is we, we have to be careful of what you consider to be normal. Normal is not what is right or wrong. Normal is what is repeated. And so if something's repeated enough, it becomes normal. You get to decide though, what is right and what is wrong. So if in your, in your mind, it is normal for a leader to berate people. It's normal for a leader to make you feel that you are less than. It's normal for a leader to take all of the spotlight and take credit for your work and never allow you to speak your opinion truthfully. Understand that it's what has been repeated around you, but that does not have to be the norm. You get to decide what is normal. That's so good. Normal is not right or wrong. It's what is repeated. I, I like had to write that down so that I could have a big, long talk with my kids about it today. You know, I mean, it's, it's so true. So I thank you so much for sharing these truths and your, you know, views and I have no doubt that anybody who got to listen to this is like changed by these things, or at least in agreement, and going to turn around and do some amazing leading um, in the future. So thank you so, so much. It's my pleasure. It's been so nice talking to you and you just make, like I said, our conversations always flow easily. And uh, it's been, honestly, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. If you don't mind, I'm going to wrap up with one Please. thing that I, I always either open or close when I, whenever I speak to 
a group of people especially, and that is that I hope that what you heard today was exactly what you needed to hear more than what I came to say. As I told you before, the words, once they leave my mouth, they are no longer mine and they will land the way they were meant to land. So I, I, I do not take that honor and that privilege lightly. Thank you for listening to the If You Lead Them podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review and comment on whatever audio podcast platform you're using. This has been a production of Leon Media Network. For more from our show, visit us at leonmedianetwork.com.